Well, I says he's gonna win, but we all know that that ain't true. You look at me, boy, when I'm singing, cause I'm not finished with you. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show for this week. Uh, we're in the middle of February. It's, it's after Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to my to my co-host, Meals. Happy Valentine's Day, bro. I feel like bros don't say Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day enough to each other. I, um, I, I, you know what? I'm cool with that. I'm really cool with saying that, you know, like, I, I really feel like you should, you should, you should, uh, if you love your boy, hug your boy, like, like, uh, Boosie said, but he said it in a, in a lot, uh, harsher words, <laughs> but <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I've told many friends that I did not wish you guys happy Valentine's Day yesterday, but I was busy. I think you were busy as well. We were all busy with our, you know, significant others on Valentine's Day, but yes. you know what? <laughs> we're here <laughs> yes we were we were definitely busy so you're you're getting you're getting this a show uh a day later this will never happen again <laughs> you think so I, well i mean i, I we we've been doing this for almost 20 weeks same time okay. same day this is the most consistent podcast i've ever done in my life this is amazing this is <laughs> this is one of the most consistent podcasts i've ever done i'll just say that I'm just saying it, it for, for, definitely for me because when I when I did uh, Voice of the Voiceless, I would I would disappear for weeks on end. Of course, see, and then it was like, oh, season two. I was like, oh, really? I thought you just. <laughs> <stopped doing it." laughs> I was like, I, nice, nice save on I that just, one. As <laughs> seasons on on Raw, where it's just like there's no rhyme or reason to when they do seasons or, and stuff like that. They just kind of do it. Yeah, but so and you know what? That's why. That's why they're the near billion dollar company that they are, and yeah. you're not. You're just a podcast floundering. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're gonna get there. Yeah, we're gonna get to that that story today. We have a, we have a pretty uh, packed show. Um, you want to get right into no holds bar? Let's do that. Let's All get right, it on. no holds bar for this week. This was just announced today, so I'm kind of glad we did this a, a day later because we wouldn't have been able to get this. We would have been talking about this next uh, week. Rich Swan has just been released from the WWE. Whew. Right. It's a, yeah, it's, it says it was mutual. So that means I guess both parties came to agreement on what how he's going to, you know, do in his future endeavors. And from here on out, it will not be at the WWE. I'm wondering if he still has the does that that 90 day contract still is that still a thing if they both mutually agree not to go forward anymore? Oh, you mean the uh, the non-compete clause? Yes. Um. I, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't know um, how that would work if he would be able to waive it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't think we've said, well, Austin Aries definitely, they, they agreed. They did a mutual thing with Austin Aries, correct? Where he, he mutually decided to leave and he, he's, he had the, the, the 90 day non-compete clause as well. So I would imagine that that probably won't change for Rick Swan. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? We'll see what happens. I mean, in terms of just Rich Swan and his career in the WWE, I mean, you know, he was signed, I think, with a group of superstars like Apollo Crews and, you know, a few other sort of NXT prospects. And I think that was initially that we thought was the direction of his character, that he was going to become, you know, a fixture on the NXT shows. 
And then once the Cruiserweight Classic came around, then he sort of was incorporated in that, and then it became a big scheme thing with the Cruiserweight show. He became Cruiserweight champion. Um, the, I believe the, the, the third ever Cruiserweight champion um, beating Brian Kendrick. He held it for a few months before losing it to Neville, and then he sort of floundered on the main roster from there on. And then, you know, he got into this altercation with his wife, Sue Young, um, that sort of left everything sort of murky on his WWE future. And now we sort of see what's going on. Uh, I I, I have no idea in terms of what could have came to this agreement other than maybe, yeah, I I don't have a clue. If I had a guess, I'd say maybe a fresh restart. I think that um, with with Rich Swan, I, it's just such a, I'm I'm not surprised. I think neither of us are surprised this is going to happen. I think no. I think we even alluded that this would be happening. Just a shady situation all around. Uh, the charges were dropped by his wife. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the DA thing is still ongoing or not. I, I wasn't. Uh, I don't think I read that anywhere, but I, I I could be wrong. But I think he just knew that this was this was going to end. Um, this was going to end soon, and it wasn't going to end well. You know, like it, it was going to be a situation where he was probably going to be doing catering duty. And he probably was like, how about we just stop playing, playing games and we just end this, you know? Right. I think, um, um, yeah, just with his past and everything like that. And I think he could, I think he sees himself. He was like, you know what? I can sort of rebuild my career on the, on, on the independent scene. Um, I can sort of build back and maybe one day, I mean, we've seen this happen in the past before. We've seen people who've gotten fired from WWE for similar disputes and have made their way back. I mean, you look at um, Drew McIntyre, who had a sort of similar thing. He was eventually released. I know he had some altercations with his wife, um, who was, I think it's Turin Terrell. Yeah. Yeah, was altercation with his wife. I know Rhino, a few years ago, was released WrestleMania weekend for a sort of similar case and sort of that thing. So I know it's it's possible to come back and it's possible to sort of just sort of, you know, go through the process and sort of rehandle your career. So, you I, know feel like this is a, I feel like this was a little bit more serious than those, though. Like, this was, like, well, all over the news. This is true. This is true. But I think, I mean, when I'm talking about those previous things, yeah, it's definitely a different time. When I'm talking about those previous things, I mean, the news cycle isn't the same as it is now. WWE doesn't have TMZ in their pocket. They weren't on TMZ's radar back then uh, for these sort of things to happen. You even look at, you know, I think probably the biggest example, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to go too far to the extremes of it all, but I guess the point is that sort of Rich Swan is, uh, you know, no longer with the WWE as of today. Right. His birthday, by the way. Ah, crazy, right? <laughs> Twenty-seven years old. Yeah, crazy. Um, I, I do wish him the the best. I hope he gets help. I hope he's able to to find out what really was, you know, just get help. I, I think that's what it is, and what maybe one day we'll we'll figure it out. I. It's just a uh, it's just a really odd situation, awkward situation, terrible situation for two hundred five live, you know. First with Enzo, and now with, with Rich Swan, who Neville, know, Neville, you know, it's it's a snake bitten brand, and it's a brand that has to come out of a lot of shit that happened. It was just launched the wrong way, and right. uh, they have a lot of things that they have to dig their way out of. But you know, it, it looks promising for them. Speaking of promising. Uh, the, the next point on No Holds Bar is the WWE pulling in the loot. Their latest financial report has has found that they're they're up to about eight hundred, almost nine hundred million dollars uh, in profit 
at this point, and they could possibly be at a billion by next year. I mean, just the way upward upward trajectory of the WWE is going. I mean, they said five years ago five hundred seven million. Now they're at eight hundred million, and you know, five years ago, four years ago is when several things. I think it was really sort of an era of shift. It was an era where they sort of became more integrated in mainstream news. They became more integrated with TMZ and ESPN and Forbes and and Fox Sports and all these other things, things that sort of bring them to sort of a mainstream capacity, give them some sort of value and give them some sort of weight. They also had an influx of talent, amazing talent that sort of they hadn't had over the past like 15 years. We talk about John Cena being on top for 15 years. They've had these influx of talent where they've they're successfully creating new stars and they're creating new attractions. And there's more than one attraction on a, on a show. I probably compare this more so to the attitude era and how many different stars you got, you know, Roman Reigns, you have New Day, you have Finn Balor, you have, you know, Charlotte, you have the women doing a bunch of crazy things you have. And then we have the network network is probably the thing that's the most prominent in all of this because Every year since the network has been there, I mean, revenue has gone up. They've cut out the middleman of pay-per-view, you know, and just started making all the subscription money on their own. And they're adding content. So to, I think, you know, they're they're continuing in the right direction in terms of building themselves as a conglomerate, a, a real competitor. I, th- I think that um, the network has kind of bottlenecked. I, mm. I, I really, I can't, I really can't call the network like the biggest I mean I know you're not either but like it's it's not like it's been it's pretty much plateaued at like a million yeah. like a million subscribers yeah and it's I about like a million and a half a million it, you know it's this niche thing that I don't know had that much big of an effect over the rights deals that they're expected to get about 500 to 700 million from uh, the next person who, or the next company that buys their, their rights deals this year. Mm-hmm. Merch, merch is huge for them. Merch like, is huge. Merch is, even though thing. I think their merch is terrible, but their merch is huge. It sells out. The people fucking love their merch. Um, and then you also have ad revenue. Look at all of the companies that advertise for WWE this, like just this year alone that didn't do that in, in 2013. Right. Um, it, it's just like, not, not even just like, is, is it Mattel? Mattel does their toys, right? I believe so. M- Mattel, there, there's Geico, there's KFC, there, there's um, just so many companies that, that weren't really fucking with them. It, like, they still don't have car companies. That's the one thing that they don't have. I feel yeah. like if WWE got a car company, it would be insane. Or like, even they, just, a, they don't even have like a major sports, I mean, they have tap out, but it's not like, you know, when you talk about the sort of major sports Under Armour or Nike or yeah, Under Adidas Armour. or something yeah. like that just could come into play. I mean, I wouldn't know how they would figure that in, but I'm sure they could. The Under um, Armour deal was big for them, I think. To yeah. be honest, they, they, they're all over the, the wrestlers and the backstage and stuff like that. They also said, according to Forbes, the uh, WWE had the top selling action figure property in the U.S. ahead of Star Wars and Marvel. That's insane. So, and they release a lot. Like, you just think of the 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 belts and the toy. Like, for people that re- like try and shit on people that watch wrestling, like this is it, it's it's undeniable how how popular it is. Um, just period. And I and I say like it's not. I wouldn't say it's in like a, a boom period, but I'll say that it's in the public eye a lot more than it was in 2013. I think it's in a growth. I think it's in, in a growth 
that they're reestablishing themselves is not, you know, not just the wrestling company or not even just a fake wrestling company. And they're establishing themselves as the entertainment conglomerate. I mean, you got the network, you got their movies, they're in commercials, they're they're pretty much everywhere. You look at how they almost, you know, they almost went through a slump. They went through a slump again. I mean, they're almost getting out of business with the Chris Benoit situation a number of years ago. And you see how they sort of bounce back nearly over a decade later. And it's incredible. The biggest YouTube channel, biggest sports YouTube channel, um, you know, the distribution rights are up in 2019. Yes, I believe so. So they're going to be looking, uh, they will be negotiating those throughout the summer, I believe. And and you've got to believe that with all this sort of hype and promoting it, I mean, their ratings are fair, but they're still some of the highest rating television on TV, period. So you got to think that, hey, you know, we're going into something big going in 2019. So I I expect it to hit a billion. I mean, I'm not no financial analyst or anything. I'm not JBL. Um, <laughs> but I expect I definitely expect it to hit a billion for sure. And I, I think the, the person uh, who could help them hit a billion is obviously The Miz, who has a, a new show <laughs> coming. <laughs> he has a new show coming out on USA later this year called Miz and Mrs. that they will uh, allegedly be filming throughout the spring, I believe. And he mm-hmm. has just re-signed with the WWE through 2020. Listen, How do you feel about that? I, you know, I didn't. I ex- it's hard for me to imagine how his career sort of winds down because I feel like at this point uh, he may no longer need the WWE. And I think by 2020, he's going to, I think he resigned because he's about to have a kid and it's very like, you know, it's, it's consistent money and it's more money. I mean, he's proved himself to be a top seller, but I always figured that eventually before he turned before he turned the clock over 40, he would sort of remove himself from the WWE and establish himself more in the mainstream. And I think um, his contract moving in 2020 is sort of going to establish that as well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not mad at the, at the resigning. I think he is definitely an asset for any show that he's on. He's a great company guy. He yeah. stars in the movies. He does the interviews. He does the, the, the press. He does the marketing he does everything. He's a, he's a man of, of many hats. This is something I couldn't have said five years ago. <laughs> no, easily. You, you wouldn't have believed it, but he's managed to, you know, establish himself. He's, I think he's, he may be one of the only stars. I mean, I guess the rock did it, but the rock really had to leave to do it, but he's really establishing himself as like a true star in the right. WWE and managed to balance both wrestling, being a wrestling character, being on WWE and having that sort of credibility of being outside of wrestling. He's hosting shows. He's in movies. He has his own reality show. He's really just building a, a, a resume. He's really just building an incredible resume over the, over the last probably 10 years of his career. And he's really building that and, you know, sort of moving forward. He's going to do that. Um, yeah, and I, I guess in other news, uh, less exciting news, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler has also resigned. Have Have you heard the rumor that Dolph Ziggler is making at one point two million a year for his two? Yeah, years? Yeah, I heard three million uh, for two years, and I was just like, "Huh? That doesn't even um, make any sense." That doesn't make sense to me. Um, just seeing I don't believe how it. I've I've no idea where the money's coming from. But then again, I don't I don't specifically know WWE contracts, but I I just don't. For someone, I can't. He's been around a long time. 
I'll give him that. He's been around a long time. There's no way, you know, you're still going to be making chump change when you've been around the company for over 10 years at this point. He's been in the company since 2004, 2005. I mean, he's clocking in on almost 15 years now. That's like, but that's that's Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns money. Like, that's the money that they, they need to be getting. Yeah, but... At the same time, it's like then you look at you look at somebody like Kane or you look at someone like Mark Henry, who's been in WWE for a long time. I'm not sure their sort of contract status, but I know they were making a lot just of how long they've been around and Undertaker and all these other things. I mean, Undertaker's a star in its own right. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I, I agree or not agree. Let me not say agree. I'm not sure if I believe three million, but if he gets three million, my God, man, I thought it was over. I'm, I was surprised he extended yeah, I, I think I, he just wants to end his career in a in a sort of decent way, potentially. How old is Dolph Ziggler? Was he in the mid mid thirties or late? He late is. Let me look this up right now. Um, he is thirty seven. So when he retires, he'll be about forty, almost forty. Yeah, he'll be almost forty. Um, I know he's doing stand up. I know he's doing other things. So he's, he's uh, also being a he's also being an annoying right wing idiot on on Twitter. So uh, I mean, I won't miss him. <laughs> no, I won't at all. Um, but we got, we're going to talk about plenty Dolph Ziggler before the yeah, show. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely are going to be talking about a lot of Dolph Ziggler. Uh, uh, Mojo Raleigh also resigned. I don't know if that's any news, but congrats it's, to him. It's a quiet resign. Yeah, it's a quiet. He's been around longer than we think, I think. I'm, uh, I'm sure he didn't get 1.2 million a year. No, but. <laughs> it's, no, but you know what? Props to him. I'm, he's someone who hopefully, you know, they look forward to. He's very athletic. I'll give him that. He's super athletic. Um, just someone that they maybe work in long-term, I think. Uh, I think he, he has room to grow. Yeah, he's he hasn't been on TV for, like, four weeks, so. Uh, yeah, two weeks, two weeks, come on. Come speaking on. of resigning. Don't give him that, give him that, two weeks. He was on the pre-show for the Royal Rumble. Uh, c- congrats to him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of resignings uh, or possible resignings, Rey Mysterio and, and the WWE are currently negotiating on a return right now for him I'm to. Telling uh, you, man, they've been looking at the YouTube views and like we need that, we need that all around. I, th- this was probably in the making <laughs> way longer before that Royal Rumble. <laughs> they were looking at the YouTube views and was like, "My God, did you hear that pop? Did you see those the, those nine point four million views for Rey Mysterio? I mean, they've been putting up more. You know, I pay attention to the YouTube. This is this is something we know YouTube." numbers whatever i'm gonna stop thinking that that matters I'm, you know it probably doesn't matter but i will i like to think that it matters a little bit considering they like to tout so much of their youtube most subscribe on youtube and it's it's something that draws a lot of eyes i mean they've put up plenty of ray mysterio they put up over the weekend they put up ray mysterio getting um bashed by the big show remember big show had him on a stretcher and then swung him into that ring post like he was a baseball bat Yes. They put that up, boom, you know, numbers. Like, but you know what? Rey Mysterio, I could see him helping out on the sort of 205 live. But there uh, is complications. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Rey Mysterio also recently announced over the weekend that he will be doing a shot with uh, Jushin, Jushin Thunder Liger at New Japan's uh, Long Beach show next month. Good so I think, I think he might be clearing out a couple of these dates before he does commit to wwe i think that will be in the summer i would love to see him in money in the bank uh, i think we see him even earlier i think we maybe even see him wrestlemania time 
I would hold off. I would hold off because if he's gonna do, I would love to see him do a New Japan, maybe not a tour, but maybe do their Long Beach show and then do one show in Japan against one of their 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 juniors. But I mean, yeah. But I or or he could take a stop in NXT before he comes back. Uh, I feel like Andrade, Andrade, and Rey Mysterio would be amazing. I feel like that would, but also, I don't know. I'm looking at WrestleMania and sort of what it did last year when they brought back the Hardy Boys and just the moment it created. And I see something similar, you know, at WrestleMania this year. It's in New Orleans. I mean, you know, it's a lot of fans are coming, a lot of international talent just to bring back Rey Mysterio for that show or or, or at least negotiate to bring him back for that show, the biggest show of the year where the most eyes are going to be on it. I think that's something that they should target. Uh, but you know, Rey Mysterio can be introduced into fold pretty much any time. I think they're having disputes contractually because he wants to return back part time. He does not want the full time schedule like a Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy have agreed to. Um, but he wants that part time like a more of a Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, Rob Van Dam, where he works sort of a few months out of his career and still able to do more of indie things. He wants that flexibility. Do you feel like he's earned that at least? Yeah, I I do feel like he's <clears throat> he's earned it. My only my only issue is that like I don't know what indies will take him. Uh, he was already expensive when Lucha Underground took him. He they tried to work out a deal with Impact and he was too expensive for them. I'm pretty sure that like for what he's doing for New Japan, it, it's pretty expensive for them too. He he comes at a at a pretty a pretty penny. You know, he's you not, he's hear? not cheap. Did you hear the New Japan rumors of Hulk Hogan and the price point for him? Yeah, seven fifty. <laughs> I was just like, "Whoa, okay." To for him to be in the Bullet Club for one night, I was like, "All right, well." That I mean, and it makes no sense, and <laughs> I, I think these, these older, you know, and, and you got to you got to think like I think Ray absolutely deserves whatever he 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 wants on the Indies, but he's got to kind of he's going to have to like kind of bring that down for WWE because of considering everyone they have there. Like, I feel like as big of a star he is as he is, they've also got Ronda Rousey. They also have like Brock Lesnar. And, and I'm not saying they're comparable with star power, but I'm talking like money wise, like they're probably yeah. already breaking the bank for them. Listen, Rey Mysterio is a legend. He's WCW over 20 years in his career. He's still relevant as we've seen at the Royal Rumble. Um, he can still attract eyes. I think, you know, since he left, they was looking for that next Mexican star, that big Mexican star. They had it with Alberto. Alberto's no longer there. They're working in Andrade, and and um, you know they tried it with Kalisto a bit. But you have sort of the original guy. I think when you look at in terms of what he's in and the star power, he's like a the Mexican Hulk Hogan. To be honest with you, like he's the biggest star in Mexico. I think. Period. End of story. Ever in history. Yeah. Uh, besides maybe like Eddie Guerrero, but he's a. Uh, He's one of the biggest stars out right now. I think he, I think he, he's earned sort of a part-time deal. I think he's earned, but I, th- but I don't know if that's necessarily where they want to go with that. In terms of, I would rather if I was WWE, I would rather Rey Mysterio full-time than Rey Mysterio part-time. His knees can't take that, brother. They'll turn into fucking. Uh, turn into. <laughs> I think that's what he's worried about too. <laughs> They're turning powder, bro. Like, he just started springboarding again, man. Come on. He, he looks great. I think he looks better than he did on, on Lucha Underground. Um, one one more thing on No Holds Barred this week. Ivory joins the WWE Hall of Fame class, and I thought it was really interesting. I mean, congratulations to her. But the only thing that I found interesting about 
her her video graphic that they played for her announcement on Monday mm-hmm. is how much China was in it. Oh yeah. They, it's a, they, it was very been surprising. China a lot. They've been mentioning China a lot lately. Ever since, you know, ever since she passed away two years ago, I think they've been mentioning her a lot just because. And you know what? I, you know, I'm glad they're mentioning her, but in a sense, it's also very much too late because they also spent over an entire decade not mentioning her. And even. It's never too late. It's, it's never too late, but at the same time, it's like she wasn't appreciated when she was here. You know, like not even in an instant, like it's and maybe that's just the way she acted and the way she carried herself post WWE. But it's it. She's someone who was when you talk about the women's revolution in, in the early stages of women's revolution, they didn't talk about China. Yeah, they didn't talk about her. They talked about the Trish and leaders of the world, but they never really talked about China and how she what she did in the world. But I think, you know, running back to Ivory, she would it was Ivory's biggest feud. It was, the I think. I want to say one of the first times or maybe the second time that the women's championship was defended at a WrestleMania, maybe the third time or something, but it was, it was a notable thing in the attitude era because, you know, they lost the women's championship for a long time. They got it back. They were, then it was in sort of a brawn panties era, but you really had this long-term feud between ivory and China over ivory, you know, breaking, breaking neck. China's neck. No, and it I built hated into that WrestleMania match. I hated that storyline. You know, I think ivory, she has some shortcomings uh, in terms of just like, I think it was, she was carrying the feud herself and it just, it just didn't feel like it had as much weight as it had, you know, it should have had, but you know, I, I can't dis ivory because I feel like she was great. She was super great in an era that where you didn't really need to be. Yeah. And I think she helped out a lot of women and she came She in. was in glow. She she helped she helped like kind of bring glow out. Back and in I'm the day. thinking that's gonna be sort of a selling point in some, in terms of this Hall of Fame ceremony. Maybe they have the girls of glow induct her. Maybe, you know, something along those lines. But she was a she was a prominent star. I mean, you know, when they stopped hiring women, they hired Jacqueline first and then they hired Ivory. And then she was the one sort of carrying the division, two time women's champion. You know, even moving forward in her, uh, even going into her 40s, she was still on the main roster doing it. She transitioned to a role. I like her energy. I like her as a person. I think Ivory's cool. Um, and she just got a Twitter. So uh, that good, good on her. <laughs> so so let's get into some notes from uh, this this week's shows, starting with Raw. Uh, Raw, I thought it was a good show. I thought Raw was a pretty was, good show. You know what? I I... I literally thought, and we're going to have very polarizing views. I did not think Raw was good until, you know, the intro match with John Cena and The Miz, and I love both guys, but I wasn't really here for it. And just in the way they sort of, they do it like they do every match. Okay, blah, 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 I bet I can beat you here. Oh, blah, blah. oh the match is well, good. C- Cena, I, I, I think that's more in Cena. I think Cena matches are starting to get into such a routine. Yeah. That I, he's, I don't know if he's checked out. I don't know really what the issue is with Cena, but I don't feel that he's up he, to his 2015 level right now. Well, you know what? It's because I don't think we're fully invested in him because we know he's sort of part time. Like I feel like we, we. I don't think know, he's invested. I don't think. I don't he's think he's invested, invested either. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I feel like that we feel that necessarily because I don't feel like 
you know, you, you, we've been conditioned over the last year or so where these John Cena matches just happen. They come and they go. And they aren't things that necessarily have matter. But he's he's doing his best. He's like, listen, I'm trying to main event WrestleMania, but I don't think anyone believes him because we're all like, all right, for how long? You main event WrestleMania and then what? You go do another movie? I don't think anyone expects for him... Any Anyone expects for him to be... Um, incorporate into these storylines or incorporate into things long-term. I mean, we don't even expect him to win the Elimination Chamber. So, you know, there's just a lack of investment in John Cena right now. But he's still a huge star. I I liked his promo. Um, and to be clear, I think Raw was very strong in the wrestling tonight. Or that, not tonight, but uh, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it was... It did obviously have problems, but I, I think the shows have been doing well by being very simple. Like right. the raw shows are not like complicated in, in in any way, shape, or form lately, and I think that's why I like them because they they used to be way too much. Like SmackDown, the the stipulation for the fast lane main event, the way that it was it was explained, I had to rewind the fucking episode just to make sure that it made sense and he was saying the right thing, you gotcha. know. And I I really think that what I liked about the Cena thing was that I'm liking the story. I like the story of Cena trying to get to WrestleMania. And I also like the story of the younger wrestlers or, or, the, or the wrestlers that are around all the time, not falling for his shit anymore. Right. And trying to really just trying to stop him. Like yeah. they recognize that it's their time now and it's no longer John Cena's time. And they don't want him to be back in WrestleMania. I wish that was more of the selling point of it all. Um, and this is the world story. against John Cena. This has been a story with him since the AJ Styles feud um, two years yeah. ago. Where it started two years ago, where it was like, okay, it's not your time. And I and I would love to see if during this Taker feud, which he he alluded to once again on uh, his promo this week, that mm-hmm. they bring up the fact that he has been losing a lot. He has lost a step, and they say Undertaker's lost a step too. So I, I think like if they can if they can match their their falls from grace, so to speak, right? Together, it would be a really cool story. Um, I mean, we had another major moment on Raw where Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle announced that Ronda Rousey will sign her Raw contract because, of course, she wasn't going to be on SmackDown. Um, <laughs> sign her Raw contract at the Elimination Chamber. So it's a it's a rare moment, a rare moment where they it's not necessarily hyping a match, but it's necessarily hyping a moment and it's bringing Elimination Chamber. And, you know, I was talking about the undercard and how weak it's probably going to be. And judging from the results on Monday, I think it may be even weaker. But uh, that they sort of made sort of this event for it. So we'll see what happens. This is perfect intro for anyone to really step forward and say, hey, I want Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think that well, – and I'll get to this when – um when we get to SmackDown, I think the raw thing is obviously to place her where she's going to be, but I don't think anyone. WrestleMania. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, they're still in the, in the cards. They're still talking about in terms of the dirt sheets, they're still talking about the tag team match. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a potential match that I, that I'll bring up when we, when we get to SmackDown, but I think it's possible. I, I the only reason I think it's possible is because triple H is still off of television. The, the tag think, match? Yeah. 
because I think if he was going to be incorporated into a WrestleMania match, his usual MO is I'm building this from Survivor Series. I'm building this from the beginning of the year. He does. He only does long-term with his WrestleMania feuds. He likes building it from the year before and culminating at WrestleMania. And in, in this sort of season, we have not yet seen Triple H. We've rarely seen Stephanie. So it makes me think that maybe something's going to happen. I if it's Braun and Ronda, I don't want it. <laughs> Ronda, I love it. Let's do Bronda, man. Come on. I I don't <laughs> I don't want it, man. I, I really um, don't. let's talk about let's let's talk about Braun then because Braun, I mean, we had this a little bit later, but let's talk about Braun while we had Braun Braun Strowman face turn came out with the Acme size cello, yeah, <laughs> and you know he's really. As I said, they continue to give him the toys to make him work. And as a face, it's really starting. I think everyone is really starting to love Braun Strowman, but I don't know if you feel the same way. I, I don't. I think, <laughs> I think it's really I I think it's really hokey. And I think that again, they're testing to see how much we can take before we start turning on him. And I don't know how much more <laughs> I can take because I've, I've kind of turned the corner on him because uh, to be real, like his, his, his matches aren't like crazy good. Oh, come on. All right. He's, he's, he's fine in the ring for lately. what he does. They I haven't mean, been I, crazy good lately. They, his but, matches have not been crazy good lately, but it's, I, there haven't been a reason for him to be crazy good. He hasn't received true competition. Um, what's, what's I mean, he just had the triple threat last week, but I feel like they, I mean, they've they've been triple threat matches. I don't think he's bad in the ring. I don't think he's not good, and I don't think he's not having good matches. I think his characters change, and he's sort of trying to adapt to that, and he's trying to find himself. Think of a guy who's been healed the entire time he's been on the main roster, and then changing the face. Your offense sort of changes. Your psychology in the ring sort of changes. Maybe he's sort of figuring that out, but I feel like he's – to me, I like it because it's natural. It's a natural change. They wish they could do this with Roman Reigns, you know, besides holding the guitar, but they wish they could have done this three years ago with Roman Reigns instead of having to go through WrestleMania and then Retribution and then Trial Through Fire and then WrestleMania again and just sort of do this old things. I think they just wish they did do that. But I think with Braun Strowman, it's going a lot clearer and it's going a lot smoother. I look forward to what he's doing at WrestleMania. I, I look I, forward to I'm most just, things with Braun Strowman. I think you're like overlooking a lot of things that if somebody else did it, you would completely shit on it. Sure. And just because it's Braun, people I aren't shitting on it. I think it's because it's Braun, though. I really, I think that's an answer, though, because I think it's because larger than life. Well, I, I think he would be giving, able to pull I'm this off. I'm not giving anyone a pass. I'm not giving anyone a pass for this. I think. I think that, it's because of the star power of Braun Strowman. I think it's. I think it's a. I think if anyone else did it, I don't know if they'd be able to pull it off the same way Braun Strowman makes these feats. Look, the man hit a guy with an acme size cello, and I don't think anyone. That was a regular cello. I think that was a regular. That was a regular cello. That was not an acme size cello. That's the size of a cello, Mills. No, I don't think it was. I think cellos are Someone at us and let us know what's the size. Or it's a bass. I think it's a bass. It's like a, it's like a huge. It looks like it looked like a bass. They said bass, but I think cello. It looked I like a bass. I don't know. I've seen bass. I've seen a bass before. Like it's not a bass. I feel like it's a cello. But go, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But um, <laughs> I can't believe we're arguing about that. But I think no one makes 
that or makes the feats of strength or making just the moments that he had looks good. I don't think anyone else but Braun could do it. He's kind of one of a kind on Raw right now until maybe they decide to do it when what's his face comes back. No, but, I hope uh, that I hope that his I hope that his his mania program is as uh, silly as he is. I I can definitely see uh, him. Oh, come on. He's he's getting too silly, and and I think by humanizing him, you've effectively kind of ruined the the mystique. Like I don't mind the the mix match challenge stuff that he does. I think that stuff's cute. It's cool, and it works right. within that right. setting. But on mm-hmm. Raw, he's never been he's never been introduced like that, and it's turning into like two thousand and one Stone Cold. I think it's more turning two thousand two, maybe like even 2000, 1999 Kane, where they you know Kane was sort of this mysterious guy, and there was a lot of intrigue around Kane when he debuted nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight, and then there was like oh he's got a best friend in X Pac, and now he loves this girl named Tori, and now everything is sort of turning on it, and it's humanizing him. Then he's doing like the Kane and Canaanites with promos with Hulk Hogan and The Rock, and he's like ah the Canaanites are screaming and all this. I think it's just the evolution. Of a character, I didn't just, fuck with Kane. I didn't fuck with Kane when he did it, that. It, it it detracts it detracts from Mister, but it also adds another layer of dimension. I think. Right, um, oh, Seth Rollins. All right, all right. I I'm just I I'm not I'm not feeling Braun right now. I I think he's I think he's I feel you. I feel you. He's not my least favorite part of the show. I think that still goes to uh, oh we're, we'll 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 get to that. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Let's talk about something. You you wanted you wanted Apollo Crew, and, and I, I noticed you didn't you didn't you didn't uh, respond to me the on Monday. No, night. I didn't. I didn't. You know why? Because I thought I said very clearly. I thought. I mean, I wanted Apollo Crew to win. Yeah, but I didn't think he would win. <laughs> I didn't think he would win. If I had to pick a guy who was going to win, I wouldn't have picked Apollo Cruz. I thought it was a gr- I thought it was a good idea, but then they went with this other idea. Which, Which I wasn't maybe. really a fan of. I, I thought the finish kind of fucked the match. But the, the main overarching story on Monday night was that Seth Rollins, he needs to be course corrected, essentially. So they're course correcting Seth Rollins from the tag, t- the tag program with Jason Jordan. So there's eventually in a weird pro in a weird segment with Kurt Angle that was like in that one segment with Kurt Angle, he announced that Ronda was signing with Raw and they had no fanfare because he announced it like it was just a thing. Yeah. And then he... <laughs> Kurt Angle does not... I mean, I'm sure Vince McMahon didn't coach him, but I think he wish he did now. <laughs> yeah. And then he has this weird pro- segment with Rollins who did a great... who cut a great promo on Monday night, that I thought, where he just puts him into the four-way second chance match, even though Rollins was not even in the original like tournament or whatever they did to do this. Wasn't in the tournament, has been a contender, has been At all. his own business for the last like eight months, whatever. So they did a they did a five way, which was admittedly pretty good as yeah, far as five ways go. It was pretty good. But it had a fuck finish, of course, where Rollins and, and Seth pinned Bray Wyatt and the show actually this is some nitro shit. And I've been watching a lot of WCW. But, I've seen. I've seen. <laughs> Talk about it, man. Talk about it. But this was a this was a show that went off the air without a conclusive winner, and I think that is a lesson that is not learned for anyone who is who has heard or, or read the Death of WCW book. They are still doing finishes that don't end on TV. But like they w- didn't like they've never done an overrun to like eleven seventeen or something. Thank you. <laughs> so they then did a social media only post where Kurt Angle essentially says, "Ah, fuck it, we're going to make a seven person elimination chamber so that means that essentially there are going to be three people that start that match in two mm-hmm. weeks 
So it's gonna it's it's going to now be Braun Strowman, Elias, John Cena, Finn Balor. I'm missing somebody. I, I blanked already. It's a, Seth it's Rollins. Seth Rollins. Um, gosh, I don't even remember. Holy uh, shit! It's a lot of guys. Is it, There's a lot Braun of guys. Strowman? Did you say John Cena? Did you say I said John Cena? Elias. Elias. I said Elias. You said Elias. Um, Finn Balor. Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. Yeah, I missed him in the Miz. Yeah, those are those are the seven. This is gonna be a this match is gonna be an hour, tops. Well, here's the thing. I think now, I I thought it was very weird that he said both in because then I thought like two people in one pod, and then I said okay, that's kind of weird. But apparently, it's starting out as a triple threat match. Who do you think is gonna win? (laughs) The the Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns. What are you talking about, Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns. Okay. The stories for WrestleMania come out of, of this match. So if you look at the participants, hold on, let, let's, let's take a look at this really quick. Look at the, the participants. I could, I could already kind of do the broad strokes of what's going to happen out of this other than Elias. That's the one guy I'm not sure of because I think he'll get eliminated as soon as he gets in and after mm-hmm. the sixth, sixth entry or he'll be dragged out by Braun. Because it's Braun and Elias right now. Um, coming out of it, I think I think I do think Taker will show up in the elimination chamber, or I think I think that Cena will lose. Oof, and then the Taker that flight to Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John just the Undertaker on a plane for four hours cramped, and he's just like, I should have fucking stayed home. Well, he probably would he'd probably drive. I think he'd probably like take a bus or something. Like they probably keep <laughs> I mean, like a tour bus. Like, oh, I thought you were saying like a Greyhound. No, no, no. I, I, I think broad strokes. It's, it's either Finn Balor, Rollins, and Miz in a three-way at, at Mania, mm-hmm. or Strowman and Finn, or it's, it's like Roman and Cena are good. It's the rest of these guys that they're doing this, but they're doing this match for actual story at this point. Yeah, yeah, easily. And, but um, seven man elimination chamber. I mean, biggest elimination chamber in history. But then again, I also do not like elimination chambers. But I think they'll it's make this long. fun. I think it's too, I th- it's too long. The five minute intervals, it's too much of you think you would think there's like intrigue with every new entrant, but there really isn't. It's no. just a new guy who comes in and they do the same sort of thing. Um, but I think with these seven guys, I, I think they'll make it fun. I'm, I'm thinking they'll make it fun. Oh, I n- n- never in my wildest dreams that I think that this match is going to suck because yeah. it's all re- it's automatically better than last year's. Oh, and easily, I thought yeah. last year's was great, and that had AJ and Cena and, and Wyatt, and, you know, and everybody. Yeah, yeah, and I, I and I think that it's it's going to be a pretty solid match. I I'm just ready to see where Raw's direction is going. I do think that we'll see big things from Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. I do think we'll see big things from Seth Rollins. I think to keep it a hundred, I don't know why they just don't go ahead and do Finn and Seth and just have one of them be Miz or for the title or something, or just have it be Miz and Finn or something like that. Like I think one of these guys needs to win a title or win the IC title at Mania. I, I think, I mean, smart money says it's going to be Finn, but I think a three-way will work better. I think that I'm perfectly fine with three-way. Um, they've done it before. I think it was a great match. I think that I think just building up to it, it could be decent, you know. I could be. I think the build-up could be decent, but the match will be fine. Um, yeah. But yeah. Shoot. Last thing we, about 
Last thing yeah. about Raw is uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks had a had a match this week. It was announced before the show. I really enjoyed the match. I think I thought it was good. A lot of people were, chemistry. yeah, a lot of people were downing it because it obviously wasn't a classic match. But it was just like the the match doesn't have the context to be a classic right now. Yeah, the match is an exhibition match on Raw to see who's better. It's not really a, it's not really in the midst of the throes of of heat or the throes of passion or storyline or anything like that. It's, a, it's just a one on one match. I thought it went well. Um, it gave Bailey a win that she needed, even though she's looking strong. She's looked the strongest because even in defeat to Asuka, she looked really good. She looked really good. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Mix Max Challenge, but. Oof. Um, I mean, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying we'll get there, but you know, um, yeah, it looked really, really good. I think the storyline is working out pretty well. It's, it's, it's building towards something. Yeah. I, I love the, I love the, the tease of the heel turn on either side on Monday and then Nia Jax just coming in and fucking Nia Jax. Yeah. Just incorporating another storyline, making the best use of all your time and not saying these two stars are in a bubble with each other uh, nia Jax isn't in this elimination chamber match but she still came and she beat bitches up so yeah. it's a it's a i think it's a, i think it's good i think it was a great segment and again uh, it goes back to what i said about all of these storylines intersect because asuka has shaken it shaken everything up and yeah. i love i love that idea because the only reason nia did that that attack was just was to prove that she just beat all of the women that 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 Oscar Oscar took two weeks to beat. She just yeah. laid them out in one in three thirty seconds. Exactly, and I think that they they have made Nia look amazing. Listen, if you if people do not realize how different the women are being written in the past month to how different they've been written in the month before that, you gotta you gotta give it up to Ryan Ward. It's clearly him. It's clearly him. Like, give it up to that guy, a, a black man too. He's a fucking genius. Really? I'm yeah, not. Go, let me see. Let me Google Brian Ward. If, am I, I going to have to give him a black, uh, black history day shout out? Black history day shout out. Oh my God. So yeah, Brian Ward. Shout out to him. But speaking of, good <laughs> from good writers. <laughs> good writing to to bad. Too bad, right? Okay, Mills. Can can you finally agree with me that I, what I've been saying for the past two months about SmackDown? Um. So. <laughs> Here's what I Can want you to finally say agree SmackDown. with me? Disagree with me. I agree with you, but I did not think SmackDown was a terrible show this week. Oh my god! Everything has been pointing to the opposite. It has been it, like the, SmackDown usually gets. I think there's some poll. I think it, it's a it's a poll that they uh, review SmackDown. Mm-hmm. It usually gets over fifty percent. This week was the first time it has ever gone below 50% on a specific... And I wish I could find the name of the poll where they have viewer polls. It mm-hmm. fell below 50, uh, 50% for the first time in like six months. I think... You know what? I think it's... Uh, I don't want to say it's indicative of this show, but I want to say it's indicative of all the show that's led up to it and nothing really happening. But I think with this show, I it's more so because of me. And I, I made the joke that I booked SmackDown this week. But I think I say that just to call through all the random changes that happened this week. And you look at the fast lane main event that went from a triple threat match that I don't think anyone cared about. I don't think anyone wanted to see Sammy KO and AJ Styles go again. I never want um, to see I never want to see KO and AJ ever again. I, I don't think anyone wants to see that. And then they decided, hey, we're gonna switch this up a bit and we're gonna add Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin. Wow, does not make sense. I understand it doesn't make sense, but I think in the, in the realm where anything can happen, 
they sort of said, okay, great, we're going to... And it makes sense with Shane's character. I mean, Shane doesn't want any great odds for Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens to win this match. So he put them in matches that sort of decreased their chances. I think it makes sense in sort of a writing standpoint. Um, I don't think the direction of the show is where it should be going. But I think this week, a lot of different things happened that made me say, hmm, maybe they're trying out something new. Um they're trying out something different from what they were going for in terms of just adding just flashes utilizing people using Dolph Ziggler I mean if, if it they if did Dolph that Ziggler, they did it a year ago no but I'm saying at this point when they're not doing it they're not they're not utilizing these people they've been had the same three people trapped in this vortex for so long and now we're getting new people in the mix that's what I'm saying I think they're trying something else they're saying hey this isn't working so we need to try something so have, else so you have Dolph Ziggler disappear seven weeks ago I'm not I'm come, not come I'm back not. come back mm-hmm. he, he relinquishes a, a title that he's not even talked about since he came back not even tried to get back, came back at the Royal Rumble, is eliminated immediately. We're supposed to treat a match where he comes back like a big deal, even though we have gotten no explanation from why he left to right. now why he wants a WWE championship. Right. It, has no, it has no meaning. This writing is awful. It's awful. I think, and I think because of that, I think because of the direction of the show, I think they see trailing ratings. They said, hey, I want to try something. Di- let's finally try something different. That's what I see as sort of the pros of the show. There's a lot of cons in the show. Don't get me wrong. But they're the pros and say, hey, something isn't October. working. I understand. I understand. I said, because this isn't working, let's try something else. They have Randy Orton, who's been floundering for the past seven months, now is going after the U.S. title, which honestly, he's great in the U.S. title division because he adds attraction to it. I mean, he adds some new eyes to it. We saw what John it's done for John Cena, the Intercontinental Championship from Daniel Bryan a few years ago. Like, this should be sort of Randy Orton's speed and sort of making those younger talent feel right again. Um, Jinder Mahal, this is a role that's perfect for him. Not the main, you know, not the main guy heel, but the guy is sort of a supplemental star. And now we've got Bobby Roode, Randy Orton, and Jinder Mahal in a title hunt. That's a, it's, it's not a it's problem least, with the characters because sure. I agree. I agree that gender should be in the U.S. title hunt. It's the problem with the storylines, even with even with the Randy Orton storyline. This is based off of a top ten top ten list. I agree. I it's, it's not ridiculous. it's not cool. It's not good. It's not good. But I appreciate that they're trying something new. There's uh, like I said, there's a lot of cons on this show, but I appreciate that they're saying, "Hey, we see this, and we're going to try something different instead so you of turn saying, around and you give us double down. We're not doubling down on shit. Let's just do you so, know. They, they definitely doubled down on something this week, and that was really weird promos with words flying at the screen and the new day eating pancakes for thirty minutes. I I I, I did not watch that. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I knew it was gonna. Obviously, they they've reached a point with New Day where they don't know what they're doing with them, or they don't have any significant plans for them. Um, New Day has done everything in the division. They're the longest tag team champions ever. They've won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships multiple times. They don't have really a place. I mean, the Usos looks like they're doing something with the Bludgeon Brothers right now. Because, so the New Day are sort of finding their spot, 
And they're, I guess they're doing it against the newly healed team with Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. And I think they're really just sort of building the undercard for Fastlane, which doesn't this look show, like a good show. This show is beyond floundering. And we have until March for that pay-per-view. I think mid-March I agree. for that you know, pay-per-view. I, I 100% agree. This is, I, I agree the writing isn't good. I say for this show, they decided, hey, we're going to try something different. The only thing I would say was pretty lackluster of the show in which they not have they have not tried something different is the women's division and i you know i'm putting notes women what women i mean i think they've lost the women's revolution is happening on raw i don't know what's happening on smackdown to be honest it is it is being leveled off by someone who does not know how to write for women. women he doesn't know how to write them he doesn't know how to write anyone other than charlotte we have seen the rise arguably the best woman on the roster is charlotte arguably mm-hmm. in terms of when you have the overall package and just to well, find oscar, it, oscar you gotta say oscar i'd say oscar too but i feel like just the overall package is superstar package the talking the mic the in the ring who's someone who brings it all together i'd say it's still charlotte i say oscar's number two for me but that's really just a hot take um that's a super hot take uh, that i'm not agreeing with it <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of people going at you for this sure I think overall, I think Oscar this year, Oscar this year has put on way better matches than Charlotte. So I don't even know how you say that. No, I'm not saying it's better matches. I'm saying it's the overall package. Charlotte is not having these great matches. There's very rare to have these great matches when you're doing it versus each member of the riot squad. I mean, Liv Morgan's no general in the ring. Neither Sarah Logan. Uh, Ruby Wright is really the only competition. And I don't even think she's going to have a great match against her. Um, but they're not even doing the match. They're, they're, they're not, doing yeah. a, a six-woman tag next week, and I guess we'll get to that. We can get to that where it's been Charlotte kind of attacking or not attacking, but going against every member of the Riot Squad, further killing this group. By the way, yeah. So it's and, kind of like what's in the air for WrestleMania. Well, I, mean, I think that next week, I would say you should watch the show because I really do think the switch is going to happen with Carmella. Mm-hmm. Because I think she'll, I I don't think Charlotte needs that belt right now. No. I think they're still going to go with Ronda. I do think Charlotte will come out at Elimination Chamber and challenge her. I think it's a. I think with the Oscar thing, I mean, I don't feel like she's going to choose Charlotte, so I can't say no. like, hey. So it makes me wonder what's the direction for the women. What are they doing at WrestleMania on SmackDown? On, on Raw, you see three potential matches. For the women in SmackDown, you you don't even see one. It it makes it more frustrating for me that Ronda isn't on SmackDown because SmackDown needs an Oscar. You know what I'm saying? Like SmackDown needs like a part-time Brock Lesnar type figure. And Ronda would bring ratings for that show. That's why I don't understand the the Raw move. I understand it, but I don't understand it. Especially when... Go ahead. Well, like I I think SmackDown is underserved. I think that they need a figure like that too fake because it's like when you when oscar wins that belt the collision course is ronda and oscar you know, nothing else will matter i think they need to potentially bring up or introduce some new women i mean they did that but like a, i don't know i i didn't have full support of the riot squad coming in and but i think it's more so the writing i think it's way more the writing than it is the talent with any of these stars i think it's just way more the writing and nothing is sort of sticking and they're trying to try something else and it's yeah it's a bad show i i don't have much to say about raw um there were uh, 
the, even the overarching story is super complicated and convoluted. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it led up to Baron Corbin going against Ke- Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler, which was a pretty good match, I will say. Mm-hmm. And the, and you beat K- KO and Sami clean on the same show because to Road Dog wins and losses don't matter. So you beat the two dominant heels on the, on the show after they beat the hell out of those two guys. And then you turn around and beat them again on the same show. Like this is the shit I'm talking about. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like but you I, make them just look like idiots. I agree. I think I, they I don't just know. inserted them in the, I don't know, but it's a, uh, it's wild. Um, but yeah, that, that's SmackDown. I don't, I, I don't know how much longer I can take it. I'll, I'll give them to next I, week. I, I, until I, I start YouTubing it, uh, I, I might start YouTubing it next week. I, I really don't know how much longer of SmackDown I can take. I'm I'm really at my my wits end with this show. But I'll be honest, I, I watch a raw. I watch probably an hour of the show. I watch the first hour of the show because the second hour I watch the challenge. But <laughs> and right. I'll watch like SmackDown on mute or something along those lines. But I, you know, I they're trying something different, so I'm open to see what it is. But the overall show has not been good. I'll say that. Ratings are down for the sixth straight week. Uh, I, I'm I'm wondering when they're going to Introduce figure something out, man. <laughs> or or not even that. I wonder when they're going to change the writing the writing team. Like, come on, I man. Think, I think Wednesday. I think every time the ratings go down consistently, and it's being reported that so, where it becomes a topic of discussion of why SmackDown's ratings are so bad, they do something major. Sometimes that's bringing Vince McMahon and getting kicked in the face by Kevin Owens. Um, or that's Charlotte losing the title to Carmella. I don't even think that will bring in ratings. I think no one will. It's like, oh, shit, that happened on that show. Um, I think it's something that they're going to have to promote. I think probably John Cena is more needed for this show than he's needed for Raw right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. Uh, did you watch the Mixed Match Challenge? You know I watched the Mixed Match Challenge, my friend. Come on. I heard it. Was I don't even know why I watched it. I don't even know why I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was the worst one yet. It, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, Rusev and Lana defeated Bailey and Elias um, after Lana pinned Bailey. So right, <laughs> I, yeah. There's not much more I can say to that. I I, I, will, the, say, I, I will say Lana looks more. I think she looks more comfortable in the ring. But other than that, yeesh. Yeah, I. Someone mentioned that. Like, how do you have her? How do you have Bailey beat Sasha? Then turn around and beat her on Mixed Match Challenge, and I was and like, if, "Hey, Mixed Match Challenge—it's another universe." And if you saw the way that Bailey got beat, it's just like, "What?" <laughs> this is someone <laughs> yeah. who's taken move after move and gone beaten with kendo sticks, and she gets hit in the head with the turnbuckle—not not exposed, just you know, slips up the turnbuckle, hits her head, and now she's out. I mean, it, whatever. It's, first it's Lana, a fun first show. Lana victory in 60, 60 matches. Sixty matches. So props to Rana. Lana Lana is the best Lana number one Um, 205 Live this has become now we get a consistent discussion or at least a consistent couple minutes on 205 Live every week yeah we this is the this is the most we've ever talked about the show consistently and ever ever I thought it was yet another great show I think it it might have it might have low key been up there with NXT this week, which I just watched with the Roger Strong. Either of them, <laughs> great, Roger, Roger Strong, Pete, Pete Dunn match is literally like Roger Strong. Might be, he 
he's he has been going in. He is he has never stopped going in. Word to Rich Homie Kwan. Like oh my god, the Pete Gun match was amazing. <laughs> the Pete Gun match was a fucking Pete Dunn. I'm sorry, not Gun. Pete Dunn match was amazing to me. I think he's he is completely proving why he is was such a great hand in ROH and on the Indies. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who who has doubted, you know how far he would go. Even without a belt, I think he's probably one of the most beloved and popular guys on NXT, and and on their on their like kind of. I think I think. I think um, I think that we honestly keep him on NXT or Two Five Live because I don't think he's going to be worth much more <laughs> on any other roster, especially with the way the writing goes. But you know he's in his element right now. I think I think um, I think Roderick Strong is has a lot of momentum going in. I think he's got acclimated to the WWE system. I think those promo videos they did about him six to eight months ago have really worked and rejuvenated his career. They gave him a purpose, and with that purpose comes the context of his matches that he fights hard. I didn't think he'd be this good as a face because I know on a heel, he was an asshole on the Indies. Yeah. I, I remember that for sure. I, I've seen him wrestle and just make these snide remarks just to the fans in the middle of a match. I think say. he's also said the F word too a lot. He said that he said a whole bunch of things, man. It's a, but you know what? I'm, I'm happy for Roderick strong. Uh, Mark Andrews defeated Akira Tozawa on two Oh five live. Um, to advance in the tournament, Mark Andrews was part of the the UK tournament um, as part of the UK group of superstars, and we saw Drew Gulak in this post Enzo role um, defeat Tony Nice. It is so funny how this two hundred five live is a big subliminal to, to Vince McMahon. You had Drake Maverick come out and say, "I'm tired of this powerpoints and shit. Stop doing that shit." Next week, Drew Gulak is completely different. Now oh this God. week, this week he told uh, J- Jack Gallagher, "Motherfucker, you better put on, you better start wearing suits to the ring, and you better be getting real ring attire." Yeah. So next week, Jack Gallagher is going to be wearing like a re- his his ring attire again. Like, Has, have they announced who is he who is he going against? Jack Gallagher is going against Buddy Murphy, right? He might be. I think it's Buddy Murphy. No, Buddy Murphy. No, he's not. They have not announced who he's going against. Uh, it's it's going to be Buddy Murphy and Arya Davari, and it's going to be. It's going to be. How do I always forget these lineups? <laughs> I only remember like the big ones. You know what? It's it's fine. <laughs> they always end up being good. They always end up being dope, though. They always end yeah. up being really good, really good matches. But um, I, I I think it's I think it's Davari and Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali and someone else and Jack Gallagher maybe. Is that? I don't know. It's we'll it's one of it out. We'll figure it's, it out. Um, it's, I know it's Mustafa though. I'm so sorry. I, I, I sound like such a, a poser, even though I um, even though I watched it. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's yeah. It's Gallagher. It's Gallagher and Mustafa Ali. So yeah, he is. He is. Um, Buddy Murphy joining the two or five live roster. I think that's a stretch. <laughs> to me, it was a stretch. I appreciate how they covered it up with the scale thing because I literally just watched it on YouTube. I was like, okay, they weighed him. They did the whole okay. He's a cruiserweight now. But they did, that sixty seconds did more for him to me than over four years in nxt oh yeah i mean he was in a you know what's weird is they're sort of they were reestablishing him as a tag team guy in nxt um i don't know if they had their nxt match yet but they they were reestablishing him in this new tag team and i literally thought you know i thought it was the other guy but it's it's you know but i think they released him um who was he teamed with murphy and 
Murphy, Murphy and, and Wesley Blake. Wesley Blake. I'm not sure if they released Wesley Blake. But well, he, I, he got uh, Sarah Lee pregnant, yes, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, is he still there? I yes, th- he is. Yeah, yes. He, I heard he's the one with the attitude problem. I heard he's got a big attitude problem. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah. Listen, the the sixty seconds they had photos. They had people taking photos. He's doing the weigh in. He's doing the cardio. He's getting in shape for two hundred five live. They made people. This was the first time they said, okay, people want to be on 205 Live, that they're doing this much to cut weight to show up on the show for this opportunity, which is, does well for the brand of 205 Live. Right. Um, Buddy Murphy was a very big guy. I would not believe he got under 205. I don't think he's under 205 they, I'm, I'm telling you, Meals, they literally do not allow anyone on that show to be on it under two, uh, over 205 pounds. I he looks good. Believe. He looks very, he looks trim. He looks good. Don't get me wrong. He looks good. They need him. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have like to step. Up. I'm gonna have to. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna have to be there when they weigh him because he <laughs> looks over 205. I'm. Listen. I couldn't qualify for 205 live now. I'm just letting you guys know. And this is a uh, gym rat. <laughs> I couldn't qualify for 205 live, and I think he's bigger than me, or maybe he's just more lean. Who knows? Um, but you know what? 205 live doing the damn thing. I, I liked it I, once again. Really enjoy the show. I, I think that when we. When we look back at, at 2018 and you think about this first half, the fact that 205 Live is a must-see show, mm-hmm. never would have thought that you know in a million years. But they, they with all of the people that they've lost, whether it be Neville, uh, you know Enzo and 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 Swan, they've gotten back you know three more, right? Or that are just awesome. I, I think that they've been doing awesome with these with these shows. But I do have to ask seen all of the first round matches and we're going to be out of the first round starting next week. Um, who do you think is going to be the final two? I think we're looking at, let me, is there a bracket? I don't know who's they have on not what. put out a bracket. Out. Yeah. I don't know. This is like, all right. So this reminds me, there was a, there was a WCW pay-per-view where they did a tag team lethal lottery thing. Yeah. And for the first two hours of that pay-per-view, there was no bracket. And I'm just like, all right, so who's going against who? And they went into the second round, still no bracket. And I was just like, what is going on here? Um, I would like like to think that I'd like to think that maybe for each week there was a different side of the bracket. So maybe since there's two matches a week, maybe it's one from side A, one from side B, one from side A, one from side B. That's what I'd like to think. So obviously Roderick would be going. I think Roderick is in that. And gosh. Who would be his opponent? Um, I have to see who's in this damn tournament again. Are they going to have a last chance thing? <laughs> no, probably not. And I, th- I think we'll be looking at a shakeout where it's going to be a, uh, a guest and it's going to be a 205 regular. Yeah. So I think I, so. I, would be, I would be very comfortable in saying it's going to be Roderick versus Cedric. Or definitely not Gulak, but it, it, it's going to be Roderick and Cedric. And so, or, or Roderick... And I, I just really don't think it'll be Gulag, even though I really enjoy his, his, his new his new outlook on life, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But you, t- you take out a Tommy and it's like you, you, <laughs> you kind of like wipe the, the slate clean with all the people that it could be. But I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it'll probably be Roderick and, and Cedric Alexander. I think that's the best match they've had. They I have think some- that's the best match. I think that I think to be honest with me, I think Mustafa Ali has needed an opportunity for a long time and has not gotten it. 
And a lot of people have gone, gotten their opportunity, maybe gotten their opportunity more than once, and he has not gotten it. So I'd like to see Mustafa Ali at least, you know, hit the quarterfinals, semifinals, something along those lines, because I think he's an amazing superstar that they're not capitalizing on at all. Yeah. And that 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 was the week in, in wrestling. Yeah. Pretty, pretty chill of a week. Pretty chill week. Next week, we do have a, a pay-per-view coming uh, on the weekend. So we will have our Elimination Chamber. I, I, even though I feel like we <laughs> we pretty much like gets the show here, but we'll do a more in-depth uh, deep dive into the card and who we think is going to win and what do we think is going to come out of it after next week's go-home episode of Raw. Uh, who knows what SmackDown will give us next week, but hopefully we'll have something for them there, uh, something for you guys as far as SmackDown goes there. But Mills, do you have a match of the week? Um, I do. I'm going to say just in just because Ivory is going into the Hall of Fame, I'm going to give wow. her a nod. Watch Ivory versus China at WrestleMania 17. Ivory um, versus China WrestleMania 17, really great match. I, I I really like that choice. Yeah. What do you What do you got? If you have anything, I think that I will tell people to go back and watch the um the Takahashi versus Will Ospreay match from last week's New Japan card. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was my favorite uh, match of last week. Or, or well, after I obviously we recorded the show last week, that was my favorite match. But I think that if you want to just go deeply into WWE, I would go ahead and watch that Pete Dunne versus Roderick Strong match because it is, it's a barn burner. I think it's great. I think Pete Dunne, he can't be stopped. Other than that match with Enzo, he he's hasn't had he has not had a bad match on the on the WWE ever. Listen, you've been watching a lot of WCW. What do you, I have not seen a lot of WCW? What are you wow. watching? Is there anything good or anything of note that I would just find hilarious or something that I should probably check out? I am in two thousand as far as watching oh, the man. Nitros. Um, I, I will be bouncing back to the 97 ones as well. I've, I've been bouncing around, but I've, I've been solidly on 2000 for the last week. No, <laughs> not at all. Nothing. Everything been, in I, 2000 is like, so 2000. Oh my and God. Everything, everyone is so obsessed with 2000 and everything is like shiny or like other things. The most, the, the aesthetic of 2000 is probably a bad How about, how about era. this? How about this? If SmackDown ends up being just a shitty show next week, let's talk about an episode of Nitro. Okay, I'm done with that. You pick the episode. Give, I'll, I'll watch give it. you a date. I'll give you a date. January. Oh, a, January. Okay. January 10th, 2000. We'll talk about that episode. Okay. You know what? Let's so, talk about it anyway. Even if yeah, let's talk about it anyway. Let's talk about let's talk about an episode of Nitro. And since I've been reading Death of WCW, I can actually give more insight on this, and we can go through and we'll we'll make notes like we would any of the other weekly shows. And sure. we'll talk about Nitro next week. Okay, fair. Sounds great. Um, so once again, this has been the A Show on RNC Radio. Of course, you can follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. The link will be in the description. And this week we have had a super, super packed week as far as content goes. We had the RNC Valentine's Day playlist, which is still valid for the weekend because I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be doing Valentine's Day festivities. We also just released Sad Boys 2, correct? Yes, Sad Boys 2. Um, the compilation between me and Jeff of RNC. It's something that we've done before in the original Sad Boys. We've done Sad Boys 2. Um, earlier this week, did a nice little offset, you know, playlist. Offset. offset. Um, we did a nice little offset playlist, and we're closing the week with a new 
new, I think, I guess new revitalized because we're going to make it now, instead of just making a number playlist, we're going to make it one sole playlist that's updated constantly. So I would love everyone to subscribe to this new playlist. Um, We're going to do just RNC radio and it's going to be updated every week. I'll make sure it's updated every week. We'll make sure it's updated every week and it's going to be right in time for the all-star weekend. Yeah, uh, a brand new RNC radio, and, like, and as Mill said, we'll be updating that weekly now. It is going to always have the new sl- new slaps on it, and we'll uh, also be having guests curate some of our new playlists, and we might have a guest curate RNC radio one week. You never know. We also had the official RNC radio podcast with me and Josh Pease this week where we talked about Black Panther, and I gave my review of the show, or not the show, the actual movie and the soundtrack, and we also talked about All-Star Weekend and that's also on our channels as well. Make sure you check that episode out. It's really, really funny, and it's really, really good. We also have a new show coming out this week. It'll, it'll probably be coming out the day that this can mark from RNC. They have a new show called RSPN. It is fucking hilarious. I've, I've heard it already. It is about the, the latest and greatest in sports for the week. So shout out to those two. Super excited to have that show up there because I I know I don't know a lot about sports anyway. So it's good to have that perspective from those two guys. I love it. I'm ready. So yeah, RNC Radio, we're we're expanding, we're growing. And if you're trying to if you're trying to get with with the NWL, since we're going to be going with the WCW theme next week, <laughs> <laughs> let me know. But uh, for the for the A show, it is me, Justin. You can follow me at OG Johnny Five on Twitter and Instagram. And you have Meals. You can follow him on Twitter at M-E-E-L-Z-T-V, Meals TV, and on Instagram at M-E-E-L-Z. And that has been another episode of The A Show. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out. Happy Rusev Day.